Hey everyone, it's Kim the Coloring Book Coach, and I thought instead of asking you to listen to my other podcast, I would bring it to you. So today, please enjoy this bonus episode and one of my favorite episodes of How in the Hell Did I Get Here? This podcast was created because I love stories, both telling them and hearing them, and I think that you can learn a lot by doing both of those things. The other reason I love stories is because I see them as a coping mechanism. I've lived through some pretty crazy times by just thinking to myself, when I get through this, I'm going to have a hell of a story to tell. And I do this podcast with my four sisters, whom you'll hear, and who are also great storytellers. We release a new episode every Thursday, and a short episode is pulled from the archives on Fridays. Without further ado, enjoy this episode of How in the Hell Did I Get Here? And if you like it, please be sure to subscribe. Support for How in the Hell Did I Get Here comes from The Coloring Book Coach. Did you know it's possible to heal your heart and more through coloring and the support of The Coloring Book Coach? Visit thecoloringbookcoach.com for your free coloring book. This week we bring you stories of life's mortifying moments, as only could happen to us. In our first story, I'm at a company Christmas party when something happens that is so unexpected and embarrassing that I have to decide how I'm going to manage this how in the hell did I get here moment. In our second story this week, Jenny is working second shift, which means a late night walk to her car. However, there's something different about this night. She's parked far away in a scary and unfamiliar ramp. In our last story, Carrie takes us back to high school and shares a story she's never told anyone until now. This is Kim A. Floden, and welcome to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Quick note, today's episode includes swear words. I'm not generally one for parties and often find it hard to make small talk. This time, at this particular party, I find myself at the center of attention. But it wasn't the kind of attention I enjoy. No. So it was ex-husband number two's Christmas party. They were having it at like steak and ale or some place like that. And when we get there, it wasn't round tables. It was long tables. Like there was one long table and then there was like, maybe there were like a few round tables, but we got there late. There was one long table with like 12 people on either side. And the only seats left were at the very end in the corner. So I literally was like in the corner, you know, wall behind me, wall next to me. And... I had on a very nice pair of wool fitted pants, kind of high-waisted, and I had to come right from work. I think I had to work late or something, so it's what I wore to work, but I was Mm. looking festive. We were in those banquet chairs, and I had a belt on, and I went to like scoot my chair back, and it caught on the rug, and whatever happened, I I, like got hung up on that chair. It's I don't know if it jammed into my stomach. Something happened. Mm -hmm. Anyway... That caused a ginormous fart to shoot out. (laughs) Or in my remembrance of this, it was like, like that. (laughs) So I'm trapped in the corner. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I didn't even know I had to fart. 
<laughs> it was like it was in the chamber and I didn't even know it was there. I was as shocked as anybody. But my ex is sitting across from his boss who is sitting kitty corner to oh. me and they're in conversation. Oh, I love and, it. <laughs> right? And so this happens. <laughs> right? Just kill me now. So this happens. So he's in conversation in which I feel like at the point of the explosion, it like all conversation stops and every like buddy is like, what? But my ex, instead of like being like couth, is that a word? Couth? Yes, it is. Yes. Instead of being like a gentleman, mm-hmm. he pivots his head around like freaking the exorcist. Like... <laughs> like whips it and looks like right at me with his like mouth open like what instead of like saying you know he could have like saved me and then like excuse me but oh no he's like you know whips his head around and that is the moment when I felt like every eye in the room on me and I'm like and I couldn't go anywhere I was freaking stuck in a corner oh my god I'm holding my hands together (laughs) so I don't clap And I'm picturing, was, I'm picturing your ex standing up and pointing. like It was like weird. that. Okay, and then the other funny, well, not even that funny, the other weird thing about this is like right at that time, I had heard on NPR that there was a Japanese princess who was at some state dinner, and this had happened to her, mm-hmm. and she killed herself. <laughs> no, no, you're making me laugh at that. <laughs> No, it's not funny. But I was like the next morning. I mean, this is the kind of incident that does not lie easily in the mind. I mean, it continues to replay itself. Like, what the hell just happened? How the hell did I get here? And so like the next morning, I was like, okay. I remembered about the Japanese princess. And I was like, there's two ways I can play this. I'm like, I'm not leaving the planet. I'm just going to share it. And we were going out to dinner that night with some friends, like a big group of people. And so I told the whole table and people were like crying at their their (laughs) dinner table. I was like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened to me last night. Jet propulsion fart at the company Christmas party. It's almost two in the morning and Jenny's had a long day and has a 30 mile drive ahead of her and she just wants to get home. Unfortunately, she parked in a far away and sort of scary ramp that night. So I had been at work, this was still when I worked evening shift. So I'd work like three in the afternoon to 1.30 in the morning. And um, right, and I usually parked on the um, surface lot right outside our building. So not uncomfortable at all to go out to in the middle of the night, plus several other people that I work with that always leave at that same time. And they all parked out there. But this day I had come in for an appointment beforehand in an adjacent building, like a block or two away. And they had a parking ramp there. So I parked there to get to my appointment on time and just left my car there. So I get done with my shift and I should probably back up a little bit and explain most of my evenings for a duration of probably four or five years, I entertained myself at work. Um, so my job was looking through a microscope primarily, just, you know, very solitary work, looking through a microscope, scanning slides back and forth. And it gets you into a kind of a hypnotic state. So I would listen to these radio shows. My favorite at that time was AM Coast to Coast with Art Bell. Being who we are and where we come from, my favorite things were 
haunted house, scary stories, paranormal, you know, you name it, it was all this creepy, weird stuff, which he featured a lot on his show. So even during the course of an evening there, um, our, our lab was split between two floors. So several times throughout the night, you would have to go up and down and you take the stairs because it's only two floors apart and these echoey, creepy stairs. I'm always, I'm freaked out from what I'm listening to. And it's, you know, nobody else is, besides the people I work with immediately, the building is pretty much empty. So I'm walking up and down between these floors and these echoey, just concrete stairwell. And I, the way the acoustics work there, you take a step and then you hear somebody step behind you and you take a step and it sounds just like somebody's always following you. And it's really just your own footsteps. So you got to keep all of this in mind. This is my whole night leading up to me leaving at 1.30. So these buildings are connected through an underground like walking subway. So that, and it's all well lit at night and there's enough people walking around while you're on campus. It's not creepy, but as I get out of the, the building to the parking ramp that I've been in that night, so I start to just feel the creepiness exaggerated. So, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, because every movie and TV show I've ever seen, like somebody's getting killed in a ramp, parking ramp. Somebody's going to get shot, raped, kidnapped, something. This is going through my mind same time as, you know, all the weird stuff I had just listened to. And I open the door to the ramp and I can see my car, this minivan, I think. I see it's there. And of course, on the whole level of the ramp, no other vehicle except for this beat up shit van parked right next to mine. And I'm like, of course they are wait, just waiting for me. <laughs> and I'm sure there's two guys in there. Yeah. So, you're going to be abducted or worse. Right. But I'm like, thank God Bill gave me a taser this year for Christmas. And oh, I haven't God, I forgot heard. about that. Yeah. So I pull, I pull out the taser and I arm it, which just means turning it on. And when you turn it on, a red light comes on. So, you know, it's on. And then there's a, a button to actually zap somebody and it's not the kind of taser like cops use where it shoots out a thing it's just got probes on the end of it and you just make you have to touch the person right so like well they're gonna be grabbing for me they're parked right beside my door i i'm just gonna i'm gonna fucking zap them jenny has made it to her car with taser armed and ready the question is will she make it safely out of the ramp and home find out after the break stay with us hey it's kim And thanks so much for listening. And I really hope you're enjoying today's show so far. I'm just popping in to ask you a quick favor, which is to consider helping to support this podcast at Patreon. It's super easy. Just pop over to patreon.com and search for How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Or hit the button on our website at howinthehellpodcast.com. What's in it for you? Well, for one thing, you're helping make a dream come true. And what's better than that? Also, we've got some great perks over there for you, including a chance to get to know myself and my sisters with a special slideshow from our lives, ad-free listening, discounts up to 50% off the Merch in Our Fun store, and free coloring books and more. Check it out today. You can choose to support us for as low as $2 a month. Jenny is on her way to her car and ready to defend herself if she has to. What happens next is shocking. Back to our story. And I'm getting in my car. So I get to my car, taser's armed, I'm walking and sneak up to my door. I look in my car. Nobody's in my car. I'm trying to be quiet. So the murderer, rapist, abductors in the van, maybe they're napping and they, you know, they don't know I'm there yet. And I'm successful. I get in my car. I shut the door. I lock it. And I'm like, fucking victory. You know, I'm just so, <laughs> like, I win. 
you lose. I am alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I go to disarm the taser and I, I'm kind of like turning it in my hand so I can see where the button is. Cause now this, I'm in a dark car and a dark ramp and that right red power light is blindingly bright. That's all I can see is this bright red light. And so I'm like, I gotta get this thing off. I can't even see. So I go to switch it off. But in fact, what I do is press the taser button <laughs> And it isn't even, I'm not even touching myself, and it arcs over to my other arm. What? I had had it, like, close. It must have been, I wasn't thinking that I'm about to taste myself. So I just kind of, like, casually have it in front of me, and when my other arm's, like, on the steering wheel, and it just is enough, and it is, like, Boom! Wasn't so much like an electrical feeling. It felt more like getting hit in the stomach with a baseball bat. Is what it felt. Oh, like. that's <laughs> well. That would stop a bad guy. Yeah. It was, <laughs> so what did you do then? <laughs> as soon as I regained like use of my limbs, I shut the thing <laughs> off and re- for real. <laughs> I put it in my purse and, you know, I finally like, you know, breathe in, you know, start the car. Nothing ever happened in the van. No, the va- I don't know. The van was probably just some other employee who just had a shitty van. And it was never there. <laughs> <laughs> they were sleeping in there and laughing their ass off about the woman who just tased herself in her own car. Maybe, but I remember like I had to almost do like a, a mantra to get myself home because I was still like stunned enough and just I felt I was fine but it was just like I was a little bit in shock I think (laughs) (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) right no god no I didn't even realize what I said I remember yeah I just like turn on the key back up the car get out you know and I got home you had to talk yourself in basically Anyway, I get home and it's a full 30 minute drive to where I lived at the time. And even when I got home, it still felt like somebody had just punched me in the stomach. It was, it didn't go away right away. So it was a good taser, a good quality taser, but I never, <laughs> I never used it again. In this week's last story, Carrie shares an embarrassing coming of age story that she's telling here for the first time. In order to tell this story, we have to go way back to back to high school when you and I both worked at Bridgman's. If you lived in the in the Midwest in the 60s, 70s, or 80s, you know exactly what Bridgman's is uh, because they well they were iconic. They were mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like an up, upscale malt shop. They made their own ice cream. Bridgman's was the home of the Lollapalooza, the world's biggest Sunday, and it was famous for their malts. You could get a malt in any flavor under the sun. But anyway, we worked there and a bunch of our classmates from Stuartville High worked with us. Yes, they and did. A bunch of teenagers from Rochester worked with us and we had yep. a great crew. I mean, the place was huge. It was so much fun working there. I mean, it was busier than hell. The place was huge. You had to work your butt off. From one end to the other was you were covering a lot of ground. Yep. And um, and there was all of us from Sturtville. And then there's people from Rochester. And, and I'm sure you remember, there were three siblings from Rochester. Karen, Jeannie, and Dan, who all worked with us. And they were like the nicest, upstanding, devout, just good people, you know, because they just were from a good family. And But at the same time, they were fun and they were funnier than hell. They had such good senses of humor that you loved working with them. But the reason we're talking about Bridgman's is because that comes in, this is a two-part story. The second part is going to deal with Bridgman's. <laughs> okay. So we'll leave Bridgman's for now. We'll leave the malt machine going and the hamburgers flipping. 
and go back to the beginning of the story. I think I was just 17. So I had a boyfriend. His name was Ned. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We were a very happy couple. And the cool thing was, is that Ned had a car. And of course, being young and in love and with a car, that means you're going parking. So, and which we did. And and Ned had found the perfect place to go parking on the uh, outskirts of Rochester down some road into the woods by where a house was being built. So we went parking and <laughs> we were doing what to do. We were making out. <laughs> no. Yes, we were. We were making Teenagers out. Teenagers making out? No. Oh my God. This is shocking. I know. Hence the story. <laughs> Who would have thought that would have ever happened? Oh my God. <laughs> We're making out. We're pretty hot and heavy. All of a sudden, we've got headlights through the back window. When we get the knock, 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 and you roll down the window, and of course, it's a sheriff's deputy. Yep. (laughs) It's funny. You can look back and laugh, and I'm sure hundreds of our listeners are going, oh, yeah, been there, done there. That Mm -hmm. I through that one, right? Yep. It's humiliating. It's terrifying because you don't know, is he going to tell your parents? Are you going to go to jail? Right. (laughs) Locked up for making out. What are you in for? Making out. (laughs) (laughs) And and plus you're half naked. You know, it's the worst. bad all the way around. Yeah, it's just terrible. We're sitting there now. Here's the cop, this deputy shining his light in at us. I mean, we're somewhat unclothed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this cop is shining the light on us and asking us who we are and names and IDs and all that. And you can see he's trying not to laugh. And he's actually being pretty nice about it he could have been a complete dick he actually turned away because so i could get my top back on because i didn't have it on so you know you're gonna leave and i'm gonna follow you out and you're never not coming back and i've got your license and if i catch you anywhere else doing this kind of stuff you know then you're in trouble but we know we kind of maybe got off lucky you know it could have been a lot worse so we pull out and um and go home and i don't think we said a word you know, <laughs> the whole way home. yeah yeah, and, I, and I'm pretty sure it was like an unspoken agreement, you know, like, we shall never talk of this again. I slink into the house and, and just avoid everybody because I'm still just so horrified by what has just happened to me. I basically had some stranger in a uniform with authority and a gun shining his light on my boobies. It's over and done with, right? Never to be spoken of again. So I go to work the next day, got to get to Bridgman's, and I get to Bridgman's and find out, well, yay, I get to work with all three of the siblings, Karen... Jeannie and Dan. And that's a good thing because I know it's going to be fun. They're going to make me laugh. Finally, at one point, there's kind of a lull in the action and Karen and Jeannie come up to me and I'm way in the back in the dining room. And they're like, "Come, hey, come with us. Our brother just stopped in for dinner. Come on up and meet him. I'm like, okay. Sure, yeah. <gasps> oh so, my God. You know, I'm thinking any any member of their family is someone I'm going to like. So, all right. I follow along behind when I see Dan at one of the booths and chatting with somebody and I turn the corner walk up to the booth and and Jeannie says Carrie I want to introduce you to her brother Deputy Bill who'd seen your boobs seen my boobs (laughs) (laughs) what did you do oh it was like time stopped I can't move I mean I can't imagine what the look on my face was (laughs) right did he recognize you you think or he probably just if you if he didn't see your boobs no he recognized me even with my clothes on Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And I could tell because he got kind of a glimmer and a twinkle in his eye. And again, I saw that same 
trying not to laugh kind of smirk that I just, just seen the night before. <laughs> I do I, not remember this. I'm not sure I've ever told anyone until this moment. <laughs> As I'm standing there, like frozen to the spot, Deputy Bill says, Hi, Carrie. It's very nice to meet you. Pretty quick, I realized he's just like the rest of the family. Not- He's just like the rest of the family. He's he's as upstanding a person as the rest of them. He's not going to do this to me. And that we're going to pretend we've never laid eyes on each other before. I let my professional waitress training kick in. (laughs) Went with the flow Mm because, you know, if you're a waitress, man, you never know what's going to happen, what situation you're going to be in. So so we just chit-chatted, nice to meet you, blah, 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 you know. And I'm sure I have something I need to be doing. I need to scrape the ice cream buckets. Thanks so much for listening. And a huge thank you to everyone who has left an iTunes review. You have no idea how such a little thing can be such a big deal in helping other people find this show. So please, if you love the show and you know that other people will too, it just takes a second to leave an iTunes review. We read every review and every comment and we are blown away by all your kind words and inspired to keep going with how in the hell did I get here? To see a picture of Carrie back in the day at Bridgman's waiting on our awesome boss, Tom Sawyer, and a link to AM Coast to Coast, the show Jenny was listening to the night of tased and confused, visit the show notes on our website, howinthehellpodcast.com, and be sure to come hang out with us in our Facebook group. If you have a How in the Hell Did I Get Here story to share, call our storyline at 323-488-3303 and you could hear yourself on the show. That's 323-488-3303. Today's show was produced by Kim A. Floden and features myself, Jenny Gardner, and Carrie Floden. Big thanks to Silent Partner for our theme song, Seventh Floor Tango, and our ad music, Blue Skies. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying, How in the hell did I get here? I did not know it was in the chamber. It was like the pressure of the belt getting combined with the cut of the rug. And then it, yeah. And in my mind, like there were, there was like 35 people in the room and it went dead silent for a minute where in my, you know, I was like, what? I'm like, what just happened? And there was literally nowhere I could go because I was trapped. (laughs) Yeah.